Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 154. I'm your host, Blaine Pudney. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Baby Gap Wilson. Hello. So it's been a day since the uh, Canadians raked the leaves out of the NHL. How are you guys feeling? Go ahead, Treg. I'm feeling just as good as I was last night. I uh, I get to let I get to drop a whole bunch of memes that I've been holding because I didn't want to shit talk during the uh, series, and uh, you know I'm just kind of I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I'm liking my Facebook timeline. All my Toronto buddies are now Kraken fans. Yeah, I noticed that too. Talking to you, Matt Martin and and Dave Johnson, um, Gordo, I Gordo, see you Gordo Bombay, Gordo. Coach Bombay, um, but. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the next series. What about you, Matt? I'm feeling fantastic. I, I woke up. There's some, uh, so actually some nice DMS in my, uh, in my messages today from leaf fans saying, uh, you know, you guys are the better team, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't all just, uh, you know, you're a French frog like it was, uh, you know, last week, but, uh, yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. And uh, my Facebook's the same way. Uh, people, uh, sending uh or putting pictures up saying that uh they're, they're throwing stuff in the garbage and i sent one to blaine yeah uh, guys uh, literally threw hats and flags and all that kind of stuff in the garbage and everything but you know what there's there's a level you know i wouldn't do that if they would have lost you know that's just that's just people being poor fans but it is one jerseys i've seen a lot of videos of people burning their jerseys yeah it's never really? i'm never gonna get, never, never gonna get to that point there's a guy here in uh, nova scotia Someone at work, a buddy of mine at work, he videotaped yeah. himself burning one of his uh, matches. Good, good for you, buddy. Good for you. I, I don't understand why. You're a fan. You're a fan. Through thick That's and right. thin. That's right. I mean, I mean, we haven't 
we haven't been held back with 17 years of not That's doing true. anything. So That's true. And they just I broke guess, the I guess it would be different. And they just broke the Rangers record for longest um longest reign without a title. Yeah. Yeah, 54 years. Don't they have it in all sports? Mm, all major no, sports? I don't think so. Because the Cubs won their World Series, so their hundred-year streak. I'd have done. to. Yeah, but that's not the know. longest streak. Fifty-four years is not the longest. The Cubs went over a hundred. Yeah. No, I meant active. Oh, active. Yeah, active, probably more than likely. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, Cubs were like one hundred nine years, but I'm yeah. saying they've won. They won their World Series there in the past decade. So yeah. I don't know. well. Yeah. Thanks to thanks to everyone for uh, for being kind this morning yeah yeah <laughs> and to all the new kraken fans i'm sure seattle will welcome you with open arms oh big or time. tentacles yeah, yeah i mean legend has it i named the team but that's a legend i started you are a legend in your own mind yes <laughs> so all right um the canadians clearly surprised the entire NHL pundit world. Uh, I don't think many people had them winning that series, if any. Matt, uh, you Matt know, did. Well, you know, the the ones that are paid pundits, paid prognosticators, they all I'll had. Say, I'll, say, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an unpaid prognosticator yeah. who got it right. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly, um, yeah. So – yeah, the Canadians were the massive underdogs. Now they're entering this series against the Winnipeg Jets for the North Division title. And it's the same thing again. I believe just about everybody, with the exception of maybe some onesies or twosies, but the I'd say 99.9% of all pundits and prognosticators have put the Canadians on the losing side. So, welcome to being the underdogs again, boys. It's just the way it is. The team, yep. the, and the team, you know, rises to the occasion. They've done it now two years in a row. ESPN has everyone but one guy have the Jets, yep. and all but two, that one guy who picked the Canadians, and one other guy has them in six or less. There you go. Um, oh, and before we move on to this Jets series, I want to point out in the second half of this episode, we're going to be joined by Brian Wiley. He, uh, he was our eyes and ears at the Bell Center for game six against Toronto. Him and his son went to the game. They, uh, they took some video. He took some photos. And he's going to walk us through the experience that he and his son had leading up to the game, during the game, and after the game, uh, being the first attended game NHL game in nearly 15 months. All right. Back to the Jets series. Like you mentioned, Treg, everybody but one you said? That's on ESPN. I haven't seen yeah. the other ones, but I'm assuming Sportsnet is all pretty much the same. They all have the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are they going to talk about on uh on Hockey Night in Canada during well, intermission? Matthew's golf game. Do they have a Matthews cam that they're going to switch probably. to every time someone scores? Or It's probably a toilet cam, but yeah, they probably got one. <laughs> That's an upshot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but – and I, I tweeted it a lot, and Sportsnet was just terrible. They were just terrible. 
when NBC their, uh... blows them out of the water for yeah. actual coverage, there's issues. And and if that was Leafs TV, I'd understand completely. It is Leafs TV. But I mean, if it was the actual Leafs TV, yeah, not I'd a national carrier. But it's a national carrier, and you you got to be. I mean, Leaf fans are going to go and say, "Oh, did you hear how many times they mentioned Price and Caulfield?" That's the only people they mentioned. Right. Oh, really? no, they mentioned Ben Schrott once. Yeah, true. But, uh, but, the team, but, the, is... but the team as a whole, they didn't say a damn word. Like, you heard more about Pierre Engvall than you did about Kakaniemi. Yeah. I Who, mean, by the right? way, outscored Marder and Matthews exactly. for well, 21 Carey million. Price only had less. one less goal. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just look at, just go to Sportsnet and look at the, the stories. Maple Leafs autopsy thoughts. Where did it go wrong? Uh, Not too much on the Jets or the Canadians in there, is it? I haven't heard a Leaks thing about the Jets. Sting off another miss opportunity. The Jets won, what and that was it. What Maple Leafs make worse? That was the that was the story. Yeah. The Jets the the Jets upset Edmonton, and then it was a, a day or so of McDavid slash Drysdale. What's next for the Oilers? And then we haven't heard anything about Winnipeg up until today. Only in only in mentioning you that they're going to be starting the series. Yeah, you can completely. I completely forgot about the Jets altogether during this series because it was never even mentioned. Yeah. Once that series was over, you never heard about the Jets again. Yeah, and whatever team comes out of this series is going to have one hell of an opponent in the next round. Yeah, it's Vegas or Colorado. Vegas or Colorado. We saw absolutely. We're getting yep. ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And by that, you guys mean it's going to be Colorado because Colorado's winning the cup this oh, year. My Lord, did they ever look good the other night? They look, hey, you know what? They look good, but Flurry can go. Flurry, Leonard was playing in Nets. Flurry's been playing well for Vegas. Yep. So it could have yep. been a different, could have been a different game with Flurry and Nets. Yep. It all depends on how sharp uh, his agent's sword can be. That's right. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny because he was on Twitter today and he was talking about players' mental health and all that kind of stuff. And everyone just put that picture that he put up of the sword, the DeBoer sword going through flurry and all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? But, uh... And Leonard's having fun with it too because when they announced him as the starter for the first game, he just put a post underneath the team's post with, uh, with just him with his arms outstretched going, uh uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so... It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, anyone coming out of North, I don't think has a, I don't think has a chance against Colorado or Vegas. I, it's going to be Colorado. I'm going to say right now it's going to be Colorado, but. They've been my pick for the cup since the start, uh, since before the playoffs started. Yeah. And no, I, I see no reason to change that. None. So, anyway. Clearly if the Canadians do pull off another upset and face Colorado, we all know that I want the Canadians to win. I don't expect it. So, is it really going to be an upset, though? Let's be honest here, guys. They well, that's three, what we're going to get three. into on this. Yeah, they were three, three, and three against Winnipeg, or six oh. and three if you look at Winnipeg. Six and three, yeah, for Winnipeg without the yeah, Winnipeg. without without the overtime. But three, three, and three if you look yeah. at Montreal's record. That's yeah. how weird the overtime losses. Yeah, uh, but they weren't blowout games. Like every game was a close game. It wasn't like it was. Uh, 
Either Montreal game had, Montreal had that one big game that they yeah, just five that, that, one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that the the, the, the Armia's uh, game where he had the three the four point. Four point well, there was that, and then there was the one that the, the concussion. Then there was the one there, Dano, Tatar, and Gallagher just let it right, yeah. right. But uh, so I don't think it's going to be. I think the Habs are going to win it. I'm going to pick the Habs to win this series. I'm saying it now. You look at the intent, like you look at the things that they're going to really compare in this series. And the big thing is going to be goaltending. And, um, and Carey price was phenomenal in the series that we just finished um, nine thirty two save percentage. And then you look at, you look at uh, Hellebuck and you know, they only played the four games. We had a nine fifty save percentage against, against the Edmonton Oilers. Clearly the goaltending is a lot more even in this series. And that's going to be a factor Uh, in the regular season. In the matchup, the Canadians being three, three, and three, as you mentioned, they also that's this team out of all the teams that made the playoffs. This is the one that the Canadians had the most goals scored, so they've scored the most goals against them. They had 28 goals in the nine games they played, that's the most out of any of the playoff teams that made it. And it's uh, oh, it's about uh, yeah, the Canadians only had 25 against the Leafs, so 28 against the Jets, they only allowed 31. They're still in the negatives, but they had about a 500 record. And that's during a time when the Canadians couldn't scratch together an overtime win if their lives depended on it. Yeah. Seems they figured that out. Yeah. A lot of those games were during that really compressed schedule as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so they had that problem. Now, um, looking at, at the advanced stats between the two teams, um, Anyway, overall, Winnipeg is finished 21st in uh, Corsi 4, uh, 15th in goals percentage, so the expected goals percentage. Obviously, save percentage, they're very high. Um, Montreal on the Corsi 4 was the second best team in the NHL, which is a big cry. So the, uh, the Jets were 21st at 48%. The Canadians were second at 54 uh, expected goals for they're pretty much identical 51.9 to 50.7 and yes and the save percentages are right now and during the playoffs almost identical as well so they match up extremely well so this is where we're going to have to get into it a little bit and talk a little bit about the the jets Treg, did you watch, you watched some of that series as well, yep. didn't you? Yep. So yep. what are you expecting out of the Jets in this series? I'm expecting a similar game to what the Canadians play, where they roll all their lines and uh, play a tight, a tough, tight checking uh, uh, a game. It, the two teams are going to be very similar. Play. It's actually probably going to be very boring hockey. Um yeah, they play very low event hockey. Both teams. very low event, and it's very they 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 do the uh, five foot passes. They do the you know, and every once in a while they'll try the long pass uh, and they don't get their defense involved in much because their defense is, I mean, if you're going to knock Winnipeg on anything, their defense is terrible. And uh, I believe one of their top defensemen is out more. No, I could be wrong. I have to look that up. Nope. But, nope. Uh, they're, they're all there. They're all, they're all there. Okay. But uh, yeah, they're, and that, that's the knock on them. The good thing about them is, is their forward lines are more, more talent than Montreal's like, not just one line 
They have one of the best top six in the league. They have one of the best top yeah. six, maybe easily, even, maybe easily. even top nine. In, yeah, in, I'd say that. In yeah. The NHL. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, yeah. Where Montreal has a pretty good top six. I mean, if you want to really go. And I, I think that's what's going to be the difference. I think Montreal's defense is going to be better than Winnipeg's. Goaltending's a wash. And it's going to come down to the top, what top six is going to do better than the other top six, really. Because if you really think about it, there's no star player on either team. Well, There's no standout. There's no Matthews. There's no Dreisaitl. There's no Marner. There's no McDavid. There's a lot they of They have really- they got some high. They got some pretty high tier guys. Like I would put Shifley, Shifley, Wheeler, Kyle Connor can score from anywhere. They just got uh, Ehlers back. But we can also say same about Montreal. Gallagher, Caulfield, Kotniemi, uh, Suzuki. The difference is the, the difference is the experience. Yeah, so, and Shifley's right. had some point per game seasons already. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just saying the difference is the way I'm looking at it is there's no. You go look at Winnipeg and go. You have to really take that guy out and, or take that line down to, to succeed. They have three lines that if you don't play well against each line, you're not going to win the game. Yeah. That gets us the point I'm making. Like there's yeah, no yeah. one. They're, they're, and they're, and they're, they're, as you said, they're, they are a team that can roll all their lines. And yeah. if push comes to shove, if they need to move somebody around, they've got a lot of guys that are capable of playing center or the wing. Yeah. Um, like being like mainly being stats and your uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Well, and then they have Montreal did the same thing in the last two games against the, the Leafs. Ducharme had two centers out for every defensive draw, yep. so he'd have Suzuki and Deneau, or Kotniemi and Deneau, or Suzuki and Kotniemi, like, or Evans. Evans was out a yep. lot for those draws too. Yep. So yep. now I'm going to get to an X factor here. I'm going to put Deneau as my X factor for the Canadians, and, and here's why. So he basic his line shut down the Matthews line. I know there's a, there's a big uh, autopsy going on in Toronto, you know, a gut check time. They, they choked, blah, 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 blah. You have to give some credit to Deno and his team and his line mates for doing the job yep. of shutting down Matthews and Marner. Now he's proven he can do it. He's done it in the playoffs before playing that shutdown role. He, he's going to be key in shutting down Shifley's line with Wheeler. Those two together are dangerous. And Connor's on that line too. So you have their one of their top snipers, one of their top two-way guys, and arguably one of the top five centers in the NHL. Deno's going to have to do the same thing that he did in the first round. And yeah. that is shut down that line. If the Canadians can f- find a way to shut down Shifley's line or neutralize it, then it comes down to the matchup between Suzuki and Stastny's line. That that's where things start to get a little interesting. Uh, like you mentioned there, Treg. So for me, that's the X factor. The Canadians absolutely need Deno to do that job. Yeah, Matt, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Matt, do you have an X factor? I think it's going to really come down to uh, to goaltending, to be honest. I, I really, I really do. Um, and I'll and I'll even do a um, um, a look at the Canadians' defense and if they're going to jump into the series like what we, we what we expect them to, and not only put up two points in a seven game series. The defense needs to show up for uh, for both teams really to um, 
to to take the win. Well, and, do we really uh, care if the Jets' defense show up? No, no, but it's gonna it's gonna come down like you're not gonna beat either of these goalies with with clean shots the way they're playing right now. So you're you're, you're looking for grease, you're looking for shots from the point yeah. through screens, etc. And uh, you know the the, the Jets, um, even though like we pick on the Jets for not having the greatest defense core on paper, like. They they made it through Edmonton and 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 their defense put up some points and they scored some big goals. Well, they always say, "Well, Montreal, you only made it because of Price." Yeah. Well, Winnipeg has something similar going on. Price covers up mistakes yeah. for the Canadians. Yeah. Hellebuck covers up mistakes for Winnipeg. So that that's a major factor. Absolutely. Now, tra- okay, go ahead. The thing that kind of uh, is a little bit alarming. It's the fact that in a four-game series, Winnipeg scored 14 goals. In a seven-game series, Montreal scored 14 goals. Yeah, well, Montreal really only showed up for about four of those. That's games. that's true, but I, I'm okay, I'm at the same I, I'm at the same thing with Trey. You know, I think this is going to be a really even series, and I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be a uh, an exciting one to watch. But I do agree that both teams they're gonna I think they're going to play a little bit of a back and forth and. I think we're going to see some close games. I think the series is going to be a hell of a lot closer than what people think. Treg, did you have an X factor? I think my X factor is going to be uh, Cole Caulfield and the young guys. I think if the, they can uh, gain the experience that they got from this uh, first round. I mean, Caulfield only had the one point, but he played good hockey. He played, and Ducharme had the confidence in them. He had the confidence in Suzuki and Caulfield. They have a chemistry. And if they can step up their game, they're going to be just as good as uh, any line that uh, they play up against in Winnipeg. I think that's going to be the difference because I agree with you, Blaine. I think Deneau is going to be out there to shut down Shifley's line. And uh, it's going to come down to whether Montreal's second and third line can play against uh, Winnipeg's second and third line. And I think they can. I think they will. Um, You also got to look, too, Winnipeg had 14 goals against a very shaky and very bad Mike Smith. Mike Smith played a terrible series in that uh, that, game. Edmonton one. I mean, they had no other choice. He he played an excellent regular season. He, he had did. a great he comeback did. season, but he did not play well in that uh, playoff series at no, all. No, he got rattled. Yeah, and uh, and Edmonton's young defense, Ethan Bear and uh, Nurse, they they were pretty shaky as well. So uh, I'll call that experience and nerves or whatever. But uh, um. M- one another factor I think Montreal is going to have is if you didn't notice in Toronto, the defense were hitting them so hard that they would come in at the blue line. A defense would come up and they would just dump it into the corner, hoping that they like Nylander did that almost every time yeah. he seen Sherratt coming after him. They were afraid um, of getting hit. They were afraid of getting hit. I the, the Winnipeg's forwards a little bit stronger than that, a little bit more grittier. So I don't think that's going to be as a factor, but I think the factor is going to be whether or not Petrie and that can step up in on, on the, on, in the offense and uh, yeah. get the offense going. Yeah. Uh, but, but my X factor is the young guys. I think the young guys take away from the experience of the first round. They got the nerves out of the way, pick up their game. And this could be a different, this could be a, a good series for Montreal. And speaking of the physicality aspect of it, the jets have centers and wingers that are going to bet that will bang. And it's yeah. not just it's not just their guys with size that do it. Like Ehlers gets in there, Shifley gets in there. Um, you know, um, Dubois is not a small guy. Um, uh, Wheeler's not a small guy, et cetera. Right? Like they they go out there and they and they smash and bang. Like they're not just uh, you know a one guy line that uh, 
you know, well, we'll put him in the corner and you're going to go after him. Like all four, all three, all three forwards on every line will, will, will show up. And keep in mind as well, <clears throat> the, the Winnipeg Jets are a team that went on a playoff run recently. Yeah. They've, they've won some playoff series. Unlike Toronto, who were fra- uh, fragile mentally and needed to go out and find experience and add older players, um, the Jets did not need to do that. They have the experience on hand. Uh, they've won series. They're not as fragile mentally. So that is not something that can be really exploited the way it was in the last series. So that's going to be a factor as well. Um, yeah. It, it, the Canadians defense, they, this is going to come to, can the Canadians adjust to their new opponent? They can't rely on guys like Kulak and Gustafson on a third pair thinking they can play 10 minutes a game for the entire series. Yeah. There, there's no chance in hell. You think we'll see Rom- Romanov? Romanov has to come in. Yeah. Has to. He's got the legs. He's got, he plays the physical style. You need to go against a team like this. He's mobile. He, he has a good first pass. He can get shots on net. He's not, uh, he's not as nor he's nowhere near the liability that Gustafson has been. Yep. Now Gustafson played fairly well in those, in those games against Toronto, but I think he's going to be, he would be completely exposed against a team like Winnipeg. Yeah. A team that can come in that hard on a four check. Absolutely. That's right. That's yeah. He'd right. be, he'd have too much pressure on him. And I think you'd see him bobble it quite yeah. a few, quite a few times. So Romanov, in my opinion, must not, maybe must be in this is this is an adjustment that the coaching staff has to make if they want to have any chance in those first two games in winnipeg i uh just want to say something over i'm glad they didn't put him in for game seven uh no a lot of people wanted him in but uh i think game seven if he would have made a mistake that would have led to a goal or anything like that that would have been uh bad i mean it would have worked out if he would have played really well and helped win the game yeah, but yeah. I think you kept him out all this long. Don't throw him into game seven, uh, but I totally agree. He has to come into game this series unless he's hurt and they're just not saying he's hurt, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, he has to come into this series. I would totally put him and Kulak on that third, uh, third line. That is your best. Uh, and you know what? I would work him like they did uh, Kulak in uh Gustafson in the last game, the last two games against yeah, last game against Toronto, where they just kind of partner. rotated in with Sherratt and Weber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would do that. Keep their minutes to about 10, 11 minutes a game and, uh, yeah. and, and go for, and depending on how the game goes, go from there. Yeah. But they can't do this whole six minute thing. That's, no. that would be killer. That no. would be killer. No, you, well, you'll, I mean, you'll be, your defense will be murdered by, uh, by the end, by game three. They'll be yeah. so spent. Winnipeg yeah. will dominate it at that point. You can't do and, that. And do Sherm coached his best game as a Montreal Canadiens head coach in that seventh game against Toronto. Yeah, oh, I'd absolutely. Yeah, I'd say so. Absolutely. I think he just, uh, he, he won his job next year with that game. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. For some that's unfortunate for some it's fortunate. Uh, all we can do is watch and wait now for the series. My concern with Ducharme is the adjustments. It took him quite a while to adjust to Toronto and Toronto made zero adjustments from the regular season. Whereas the jets, they've made a couple of changes when watching the series against Edmonton, they, they game plan specifically for Edmonton. 
So I'm fully expecting that same level of game plan against the Canadians. I am absolutely sure that with the week that they had off, they were prepping for either team. Let's just hope that they were prepping just for Toronto, like the rest of them, like everybody <laughs> else. And then, and, and then they, and then they, and then they see Montreal win last night. They're like, ah, I can see <laughs> you know, now. <laughs> yeah. You think, shit. You Next think practice. That? Forget everything we just did. <laughs> but you would think that for some, but Paul Maurice was the, was the head coach in Toronto. So he knows that that team has not won a playoff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so he's, he's probably looking at it going, not happening. Yeah. Um, as soon as Montreal won game uh, game five, he was like, all right, boys, I know who we're playing. <laughs> game planning. Exactly. Now, and that's the, that's the Montreal Canadiens team you need to see in this series. They have to get the pucks into the defense, defender's feet. They have to give that, uh, that physical forecheck with some speed, funnel everything to the boards, and grind it out. Obviously, Winnipeg is built better for that type of game but the Canadians can't get into a, a speed match because players like Ehlers and Wheeler with Connor following up behind will eat them alive because they, they're not Marner, Matthews and Nylander. These guys are playoff experienced. So they'll be able to pull it off. So you have to find a way to do that. So, all right. Prediction time trick uh i'm going canadians in six okay um any overtimes any any little extras oh, you want to add i'm on gonna or? go canadians in six i think every game's gonna come down to the wire i'm gonna say two overtimes okay matt two canadians in six as well one overtime you're giving the jets one more uh, an extra game over the leafs did you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I like them more. <laughs> I'm expecting another seven game series. I fully expect another seven game series out of these two teams. I'm guessing. Team, well, I'm getting to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be around three to four overtimes because these teams played each other super tight in the regular season. They play similar styles. They have similar skill sets amongst forwards, defense, goaltenders. It's going to come down to coaching. It really, really, really is. And I was impressed that Ducharme figured out how to adjust. And I'm going to hope he continues. So I'll give the edge to the Habs on this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're all going Habs. Yeah, Thanks. but I'm saying in seven. And it's probably going to be a game seven overtime. Ooh. Yeah. Who's going to score the winner? I'm enough. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I'll go on record right now. If we go to Game Seven overtime and you guess the winner, I'll throw another hundred bucks at the kids. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, game Seven overtime against Winnipeg. It'd be in Winnipeg. Oh, we go with uh, Kotkaniemi. Ooh. All right, we got it. We have this. We got to put this down so that if this goes Game Seven overtime cotton Emmy scores i will throw another hundred dollars i'll remember for for a hundred bucks for kids yeah. i'll remember that one <laughs> and i picked cotton Emmy because as a non-draft bust he's a playoff performer unlike those ones that were drafted around him you know who i'm talking about Aaron hayden no <laughs> zadina 
That's okay. Barrett Hayton's numbers are going to go up once Matthews uh, moves over to Arizona. Yeah, three more years. Yeah, or less. No, according to Twitter, every Leaf fan wants Marner traded. Marner's yeah. terrible. We'll, sure. How about Whatever. this? We'll give you Drew and I straight up. You guys eat 50% of Martin's yes. cap. Done. <laughs> we'll throw our first rounder in too. You don't have no. one? You can have ours. No. No. Not a chance. Maybe a seventh rounder. <clears throat> here's some here, here's Byron in a seventh. There you go. That's uh that's our our well, HF boards version of a trade bait right there. I, I was listening to Steve Dangle today. Oh god. Because how's he, it makes how's me, he doing? It, it makes how's, me happy. Is he holding up okay? He, he hasn't had a stroke, but uh, people in the comments were saying we have to trade for Seth Jones. Now this is how I, I it made me chuckle because okay. they wanted. I, I'm like, go ahead, trade for him. He's a free agent, so I don't know why you're giving something up for him. But he's sure, got go one ahead. more year. No, he's in FA. He does want no, the no. extension. He's going to test free agency after, after next this. Year. Yeah, he's got one more year, one more gotcha. year on his contract. He just said he won't go into an extension with right Columbus. Away. Yeah, uh, I thought he was. Uh, a free he wants agent to test because he's in Columbus. Yeah, I gotcha. Which is the Columbus thing to do? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I don't know why. It's a great hockey town. It is. They have good they, management. And, and, and look at some of the team. Look at some of the players they've had on that team over the last right? few years. Yeah. Right. I, I'm. I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised. There's got to be something going I on. I think Tortorella. I think Tortorella just. But he's gone. Team apart. Yeah, he said he's not coming back. He's gone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's the it's Columbus, Ohio. There's your there's your answer. It's Ohio. I've been to Columbus. It's a nice town. Yeah, but do you want to live there? I mean, if you're into living, you know, a quiet suburban. If you can life, live in New York or. Los Angeles or Toronto or Montreal or oh, come on Montreal. I'd live in Montreal in a heartbeat. But, but this, you know what I'm saying? Like, or do you want to live in Ohio? If I'd rather Ohio over the other three, other than Montreal. I'm just wondering, like, I know we're getting a little bit off, off topic yeah. here, but I'm, I'm just wondering in terms of that team, if Jones does decide to leave, what's Warenski going to do? Because he's, he's going to be uh, it's same thing at the end of that year. He's an RFA. But he might choose just to be like, I don't want to. I don't want to be here. Trade me. I know what they'll do. They're going to share a cab to whatever city they're going to. Yeah, I think like package deal. Warinsky's a, a beast of a defenseman. That those two together are a top pair to be yeah. proud of. Which so, is another reason I don't understand why he wants to leave. So yeah. Weber and Sherratt for Warinsky and Jones is that what done we're deal here? Because they're playoff done performers. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've gone off topic here. Um, we've made our predictions. We've talked about X factors. We, we spouted off some advanced stats to make our friends happy. Hi, Jason Paul. I was just saying the whole time you're doing that is all I can think of. Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the second half of the show is going to be coming up in a couple of minutes. And Brian Wiley, who went to game six is going to talk to both Matt and I, and we're going to go through the whole thing. The entire experience you guys are going to love it it was amazing uh you can check him out online uh he was tagging habs unfiltered we retweeted a bunch of his stuff videos pictures it was great so uh you can check that out now before we switch over to the other uh, to the next segment i want to remind people to use our promo codes uh unfiltered20 at builtbar.com uh, builtbar.com for 10 percent off 
of their delicious protein bars and products. Uh, the same uh, promo code, Unfiltered20, at uh, East Coast Lifestyle saves you 20% on your purchase. And Unfiltered20 saves you 20, 35% off the fees at seatgiant.ca. So if you're in Winnipeg and you're looking to buy tickets to the game, there'll be 500 of you. Use seatgiant.ca and save 35% off your fees. That might make the ticket affordable. Maybe. Maybe. And in Montreal, there'll be 2,500 fans at the game. So you'll have another shot at it in game three. So there you go. 35% off and a kidney will get you in. But you have two kidneys. You only need one. (laughs) If you're a sailor, you really shouldn't be giving up either. (laughs) They'll, They'll come in handy. Uh, all right. So do you guys have any last thoughts before we switch around to the next segment? I got none. None? No. no awesome. Good. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this point. We're going to have a quick commercial break. And when we come back, Brian Wiley will be joining Habs Unfiltered. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Birdie Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms, Bergy Arms, Bergy Arms today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. Uh, I'm still your host, Blaine Pudvine. Uh, Matt Smith is with us. And joining us all the way from Montreal, our special guest, Brian Wiley. Good day, Brian. Good day to you, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic. My lawnmower works now, so I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a disabled veteran, so D&D pays for people to mow my lawn. I'm going to start walking with a limp. <laughs> See, the, the, the key is my, my wife got laid off because of COVID. So she does all the work now around the house. Well, she's oh, a yeah. keeper. <laughs> so Brian, we it's brought great. you on because you are inside man at the bell center for the first game in almost 15 months. So what, give us a little bit of background on you to begin with. Yeah, sure. Um, Huge hockey fan. Uh, Don't want to admit this, but I actually did not grow up a Habs fan. I was a Red Wings fan, uh, following my boy Iserman all over the place. Uh, Basically started, I was cheering for Montreal, even though Red Wings were my team. And then when Stevie Y finally retired, I became full-fledged Habs fan and uh, have not turned back. But massive, massive hockey fan. Uh, I, I spent... Weeks a year traveling all over the place. I mean, I've been to more than half the arenas in the league. Uh, try to go to Europe every couple of years for the World Junior Championships. Uh, big, 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 big hockey fan. So not being able to attend a game in person has been really, really tough on the psyche. But for the wallet, it has been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. 
I, I've done but, a lot yeah, of that, I got lucky. that same travel. I, I get it. It's not yeah, cheap. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, uh, travel takes up a big chunk of the wallet, but uh, I'm actually pretty fortunate. The guy I got tickets from is uh, my, my best friend. I've known him for about, you know, 20 plus years. And uh, he and I have that passion together. We actually travel all over the place. He hooks us up with tickets because uh, he actually makes the equipment for a lot of the players. So like Gallagher's gloves, uh, he makes, uh, he's got about maybe a hundred, 150 uh, players that he makes personalized equipment for. And uh, he usually hooks us up with tickets all over the place, but he's also a season ticket holder. So uh, he knew that uh, my family was leaving uh, in a couple of months. And he knew that my son is a massive Leafs fan. Don't get me started. Um, and he figured. Hey, he figured you, grew, nice you, grew, you grew out of it. Hopefully he will too. <laughs> well, it, is, it is painful looking at Matthew's jerseys, looking at, he's got like Matthew's gloves. He's got all kinds of things. And I just sit there and it just, it drives me crazy as a parent. And I think to myself, like, where did I get wrong? Where is, your son's wrong? Mustache be- is your son's mustache better than Matthew's? Oh, I, I bet you if he, he's only 10 and he's half Asian, so he doesn't really have facial hair. But uh, if he had, I guarantee he would do it. It just, oh, it's, it's, it's painful, man. It's painful seeing that yeah. guy's face every day. But, uh, but yeah, my, my buddy thought it would be an awesome experience for uh, my son and I to uh, experience the, the game before we departed on our new adventure. And uh, he gave it to me at cost, even though he was getting requests at much, much higher ticket prices. And uh, I jumped at the experience. So at cost, got to enjoy one last game with my son, his team, my team in the playoffs. I mean, you can't ask for a better experience. I mean, sharing that with your son, that that is exactly what this is all about, regardless of what team anyone cheers for. Uh, I saw you took a little bit of flack online because your son is a Leaf fan. And to those yep. people, I say, yep. grow up. But uh, my God, to, to have that with your son, I, I can't put into words how good it felt to see that oh absolutely like i'm fortunate that my son it took him a while to get into hockey he tried every sport possible Uh, even in the beginning he absolutely despised hockey but after a couple years of forcing him to do it because he couldn't choose a sport that he wanted to play now he's so into hockey that it's amazing and and he and i have that experience as well not only this game but i was able to bring him to a a leafs game last year at the I don't even know what the arena is called anymore. The ACC, the Rogers Scotiabank, Scotiabank Arena, Scotiabank. the Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. got to go see a game there. Uh, well, actually, not, was it last year? Well, maybe it was two years ago now. But uh, got to get, he got to go with me there. He's been throughout the U.S. different arenas with me as well. So he's really, really, really into hockey, which is which is which is awesome because hockey, honestly, it, it Apart from work, it's probably the biggest thing in my life. I mean, from playing two, three times a week to two, three games a night to coaching him. I mean, hockey is the staple of our life. Now, you got to you guys. You guys went in, went to the arena beforehand. There was there was still a bit of a carnival atmosphere. They had a few things set up. Can you explain to us what a kind of what it was like and what they had? <sighs> yeah, to, to be honest, there wasn't that much happening in terms of. Um, you know, you go to a typical Habs game and they have the pregame entertainment and outside is just rocking and you go inside and you could walk around the building and, you know, you go sit in the UP zone with the kids or shop in the, in the Tricolor Spa or whatever it is. Uh, here it was more like the fans were generating the passion on the outside, right? So there was nothing team driven from the exterior. It was just, I guess, a whole bunch of fans that were happy to be there. 
Uh, my son was getting booed left and right from wearing his, his Matthews jersey, um, as were all Leafs fans that were there. Um, but for the most part, it was just people, I think, that were happy that, that hockey was back and uh, high-fiving one another. And, and it was just a really fun fun time outside. We stayed outside probably for about 30 minutes or so, just taking that in before we, we headed inside. Uh, it, was, it was pretty quiet, to, to be honest, when we first got there. Uh, but props to the organization because they really took the steps needed for, for security. Like we felt safe, the dedicated area to come in. There was so much staff there with the seating. Uh, every seat had a Clorox um, like wipe to clean off your seats and whatnot. Um, there was no concessions, So there's no people lining up. Uh, and, you know, little, little things like the free water. They wanted free flowing people just walking all over the place. So rather than charge the whatever it is, three, four, five bucks it is for a bottle, they just gave that all out free. Um, the only negative I'd say from our standpoint is the fact that uh, somebody had stolen our towel when we got there. Yeah. So we only got one, but you know, what, what can you do? Uh, we don't need two of them in the family. I would have given one away to somebody anyway, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it just, I walked in and I instantly had chills. Like it just, it, it just missed it so much. It's, it's crazy when you go to, I don't know, probably anywhere between five and 10 games a year. And all of a sudden you haven't seen live hockey in, you know, 12 months, 16 months, whatever it's been. Now, <clears throat> you posted a couple of videos and quite a few pictures to, uh, on uh, on our Twitter feed for us. Yeah. What what kind of, like, how, just how loud was it at the beginning of that? It was sh- shockingly loud. Like, I've been to, as I mentioned, my fair share of arenas. I've been to see Toronto games versus Montreal and Toronto. And I could tell you that 2,500 fans is deafening compared to what you see in other arenas and some other arenas. Um, it got to the point where my son had his hands over his ears. He couldn't stand it very much. Now, I, I don't know if some of that was the, the crowd pumping music from, from the org. I, I don't know, but I could tell you that for the majority of the game, the majority of the people weren't even sitting. Everyone was on their feet and everyone was dancing and everyone was waving their towel and screaming and, you're lucky that you caught me today because, uh, you know, the game was was last week and uh, I only gained my voice yesterday because I just I'm usually not a screamer at the events. I just sit there and enjoy the show. But I was so pumped to be there. I, I just completely lost my voice. <laughs> now, with the way the Canadians played that game, uh, that first goal. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Absolutely. It was ridiculous. Uh, unfortunately, it was on the far side from where I was sitting, but uh, like it was loud throughout the whole contest. There was constant cheering. There was the wave going. There was, you know, the, everyone was into it, but it, maybe I'm wrong here. It felt like there was 20,000 people in that arena. It was just so deafening loud when that goal went in. And then when the second one in, it just got so much it just went up to that next level. It, it was, you know, like I said, I, I've been to my fair share of games. I've, I've probably been to 100, 150 games in different places. Uh, that, that game there, it honestly, it, you know, the fact my son was there, the fact of the return, the circumstances of the team, it, it was one of the best games I've ever been to. It was, it was really, really enjoyable as a fan. Yeah, and the, and the players were, were touting the fan noise uh, after the game. But I want to know, like you, you posted the the players saluting at the end of the game. I'm, I did. You just yeah. you didn't have time to pull out your phone for the goal for Kat, uh, Katkeniemi's goal. But what was that like? Oh, 
it was it was the weirdest thing. I was taking videos of my son the whole time because he was he was my son was on his feet this whole the whole time. He's just screaming like for the Leafs to shoot and everything. And I was taking videos of it. And when Habs went up two nothing, he immediately just said, "Oh, I got a headache. It's too loud in here. I'm bored. I'm this. I'm that." And he just sat on his seat and he was pouting. So I, I was taking video after video of him pouting on on the on the chair. And uh, when, when the Leafs scored to, t- to tie it up, all of a sudden, oh, he regained his energy and the noise was no longer a factor. So he was back up in his seat and he was doing it. And I, I was still taking, it was the weirdest thing because I was taking so many videos in overtime of the play, of him, of different things. And I swear, I put my phone down like 15 seconds before Kutkin Yemi scored. And I was shooting myself. Like I could have captured that live. Like if I just held out my phone 15 seconds earlier. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm scrambling. Like, do I run for my phone and do it, or I do just live in the moment and and feel everything? And that's ultimately what I did. And uh, luckily, I didn't have my phone because when I I literally jumped off of the floor and landed on the seat in front of me and sort of tripped over it. So um, you would have seen a video of the floor for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> what was the energy like when that when that goal went in? It it was it was unbelievable. It it, it really was. Like I said, it was. It, it was it's it's hard to put into to context what it meant right like you don't only have the rivalry of the Leafs here I mean we haven't played them in 42 years whatever it is you know it's it's game six we're facing elimination you have a kid who's been you know ups and downs all year long you have a team where everyone's on pins and needles because the Leafs came back you just knew like Matthews was due for something and just this this play just develops out of nowhere and um you know to watch it go in, I think everyone was sort of half expecting the team to lose, but just happy to be there. And it, it was absolutely chaos, like people jumping like crazy. It, it felt like you were at a concert almost to a certain degree. And it just completely spilled out because it was like that inside. It was like that in the hallway. And then you go outside and you could forget about social distancing. You could forget about everything. It was just like it was like old times. Nobody even knew there was a pandemic. You know, there was pictures taken everywhere and everyone was hugging each other and high-fiving and it was it was really really a memorable experience yeah it it just seemed to be the the significance of it just because it's the first one after so long from the beginning of this pandemic it just seemed like it was scripted almost it was fate it almost seemed yeah it almost seemed like it was fate that that was going to happen you know, regardless of what happened in Game 7, which ultimately turned out to be a good thing, it just seemed like fate that they were destined to win that game, and they pulled through. They just found a way to pull through. Yeah, and now well, his, his overtime did not start well. <laughs> uh, it, it did and not I'm, look good. Again, and I'm sure luckily, you were grabbing the seat behind well, you or in front of you. <laughs> I think that's why most of my videos were of my son, because I was sort of expecting Toronto to score, and I wanted to capture his reaction yeah. when that happened. Um, like it, it was, I mean, there was sort of like a sarcastic cheer when Toffoli had that first shot on goal after whatever it was, eight, nine minutes. Yeah. Um, it, it did not look good at all. No, it did not. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was expecting the Leafs to pull it through. Um, I think I even posted that on Twitter, but, uh, it was, uh, you're on pins and needles, but again, I, I was just, just embracing being there. That, that to me, that was the key it was just being in a place with, with people who, who enjoyed the game. Like it's, it's for whatever it was, 12 months or longer, we've been sitting in our basement, not talking to anybody, not hanging out with anybody. It's just you watching a game, maybe with family, maybe interacting on Twitter or whatever it is. 
And then for the first time ever, you're actually in a moment where everybody's embracing something. And it just felt like it's one of those once in a lifetime type of moments. Like you had to be there to experience it. And it was just, it was really impactful. Now you're, you're going to be moving away internationally very soon. How how much, how much hockey are you going to have at your destination? (laughs) Well, there's no rink where I'm going because it's the Caribbean. Um, so I do have some inline skates that we've bought. Um, I've bought a couple of nets. I have my sticks, so we will be playing ball hockey as much as we can. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, uh, luckily I have other passions, like apart from hockey, Hockey's my winter passion. I played in the summer as well, but I'm also big into the ocean and I, I'm fortunate enough to travel quite a bit with, uh, so I've, I spent a lot of time paddleboarding, I try surfing and, and whatever else. So I'll be able to enjoy that aspect, but not having hockey in my life is going to be a tremendous void. And I was, was actually speaking with a, a colleague this morning saying, like, I got to find a VPN or something because I cannot go a week or two without hockey. Like, I'm I'm going to be jonesing beyond belief. So um, I, I'm, I'm anticipating my vacations are going to be back to North America to watch games. Um, and I'll, I'll try to find something. Maybe there's a sports bar or something that's going to play hockey there, but I seriously doubt it. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a tremendous void. So ball hockey is going to have to be the majority of, I guess, what we do. Maybe we'll start a new trend down there. Well, once, once we're done recording, when we get offline, you give me, I can give you a few, uh, a few spots to go to. I'm, I'm fairly well-traveled in that part of the world and I have never missed a game. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, as fate would have it, I did promise my wife, I said, if you promise to come with me down there. I promise I'll never watch a hockey game in my life again. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope you were doing this. I really do. Oh. <laughs> I really, I really hope you had it behind your back. Just I was know, crossing, crossing, everything the, I crossing those fingers, possible. right? <laughs> <laughs> I was crossing everything possible because uh, I'm not even there yet. No, already I'm thinking, yeah, that was a lie. There's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't say no to the hockey when your son is so passionate about it. That's it. I mean, well, it's my son's a weird kid, man. He uh, his his new passion now. He's starting to do little Google searches and videos on YouTube and stuff to to learn cricket. That's his new sport. He's going to dive into. I know nothing about it, so I'm just going to have to figure that one out. But uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be hard that we've my it's really it's it's really it's the biggest thing. I'm a big family guy, and the fact that I get to share that passion with my son for for years and years and not having that in our lives, not sitting down on the couch, watching a game. It's going to be such a void for us. So I'll figure out a way to somehow get it back in there, but uh, here's hoping, I guess. Yeah. Matt, you got something? I just want to say thanks for, thanks for doing this and thanks for, um, you know, um, being part of uh, this experience with us and being kind of our inside guy throughout the, uh, throughout the game. Uh, we definitely are happy that you enjoyed the experience with your son. Um, obviously, that uh, one of you enjoyed the ending. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, he's not in a happy mood today. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what was, okay, before we let you go, what was Game Seven like in the, in your house last night? Uh, he watched the game. He was he was into it um, up until the second period, and then uh, he just became a little bit of an a hole. Because he was in a bad mood, like he, he could. I shouldn't say that because he's only ten, but you could tell, like it was just eating at him. 
And then he just went upstairs and he started, I don't even know what he did. And he just refused. Like he went upstairs to tuck him in for, for, for good night for bed. And he looked at me and he said, don't even tell me. <laughs> and <then> he... <laughs> I think he's yeah, only he's 10. At, he's he's, he's, he's only 10, 10 years old. Yeah. He's got yeah. that lifetime of disappointment ahead of him with the Leafs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I mean, uh, he's young. He's not going to experience. All... Well, I think the Leafs one, one day will turn this around. I mean, they have they have too good of a team not to. But uh, until then, I'm going to revel in the fact that they're losing. <laughs> but the thing is, with that team, they need to choose an identity. And for many years, they haven't been able to choose that identity. If they're going to be a, a skill-based speed team, if they're going to be a veteran kind of team, if they're going to be a gritty team, like, yeah, they, they, they need to embrace something and continue to not give up their future. Going into this draft, they've got three draft picks. Right. So yeah, through draft picks, I mean, uh, I'm a I'm a big believer in building through the draft. I'm also a big believer in development. Right. So yeah. it, it pains me when we see some of these guys rush to the to the league. But um, yeah, I, to me, it's just a matter of time before the Leafs turn this around. They, I mean, given that talent, I, I don't see how the Leafs, how the Oilers, I don't see how they can't at one point just figure this out. But I think I think you hit the nail on the head, right? It's you have that top end talent. It's just figuring out what are you going to be as a team. Yeah. Are you going to just rely on that speed and skill, keep building through talent, or are you going to start? Like, Montreal's got a great blend this year. Yeah. So we said that going into the season that they were that they had a team that was built for the playoffs, and yep. you know yep. even though they were down three one, they found a way. So. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, I agree, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact as well that there's a lot of fans today eating crow, even Habs fans. You know the amount of criticism that Price took and Weber and Sherratt and Dano, and if it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't be in this position. You know, no, not at all. Now, so. <clears throat> in the summer, once the season's done, you know, about two or three months from now, when the Canadians are finally out. Um, yep. <laughs> what's the one thing you want Bergevin to do once he's clearly going to be re-signed? What's the first thing you want him to do? Yeah, there's no doubt Bergevin's coming back. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt Ducharme's coming back either. So to me, that's no-brainers. That's that's going to be there. Um, I'm a fan of rough and tumble hockey. I got I got to admit, Anderson is you know Toffoli could score goals, but I would personally take Anderson on my team over Toffoli any day. Um, he's got a lot of work to do to bring kids in. I mean, we have a plethora of young left-handed D coming in, so that's going to be good. But I, I think the biggest thing for us is we desperately need a power play quarterback. We can't have Weber out there playing an additional three, four minutes. It's, uh, I love the guy, a huge Weber fan, um, but he can't be on the power play. It's just him being on the power play is the exact I, I could compare that to exactly why Montreal beat Toronto. It's you know exactly what they're gonna do and the team just adjusts their plan accordingly. Weber can't move the puck as he used to. He's not a very good passer. His outlet pass isn't very good. What he has is a cannon of a shot. And you overload him on one side and now your power play is restrictive. So we need to get somebody in there to move the puck. I, I don't know who that's gonna be. If I were if I were Bergevin, I would go to Colorado right now. And uh, with the expansion draft, they're going to have a problem protecting all of those defensemen. And I think you're going to find a guy like Devin Taves is going to be available. Um, that means impacting who we protect. But I think we need a puck-moving guy like that because they have that luxury of having Byram and Gerard and McCarr and Taves as well. One of these guys is going to – well, 
not one of these guys. The odd man out is Taves, obviously, if you compare the four of them. But we need a guy like that, a guy who could play on the left side with Weber in the second pairing, third pairing, whatever it's going to be, but primarily be that power play guy for him. Okay. Matt, anything else? That's everything I got. And that's all I've got. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing the experience that you shared with your son. Uh, That little taste of normalcy is, I think, what everybody needed at that point in time. It's funny how this week has changed since that game. It almost has that normalcy. Like you said, it's we're just sort of living the same life over and over again, the same walls and the same everything. And that just, that one experience just, it, it completely refreshed me. It, it's crazy. It's, it's hard to put into words, but it, it I agree a hundred percent. It was, it was unbelievable. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you for coming on the show and thank you for sharing this with us. And <clears throat> as always, you're more than welcome to come back. And uh, again, just thank you. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, guys. Thanks a lot. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.